Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Motor Mouth Mosey Radio Show. We've been off the air for a while, but we are back, and we've got a lot to talk about. Again, you're listening to Blog Talk Radio on Motor Mouth Mosley Radio. Uh, you can call us in at 347-945-7975. would love to have some discussions on some good topics tonight. Got a lot to go over. Got a lot to catch up on. Uh, we're located now in some location out in the Middle East. I can't disclose it because I've got uh, some federales looking for me for some illegal substances that they accuse me of taking from their grandma, sister's, cousin's, dog's, friend's, owner's house, but I am still going to do the show. I've been laying low for a few weeks, but I am back and ready to talk some smack. The big news of the last couple of days has been two big topics. And not only are these sports-related topics, but these are just topics that basically reflect society and uh, progress that we've made in society, some people would say, and in some people's eyes, maybe uh, we've taken a step back as a society. But I want to talk about these two main topics, one being uh, this Marcus Smart basketball situation that happened at a basketball game, NCAA basketball game, Oklahoma State versus Texas Tech, with a fan, a spectator. And also I want to definitely uh, discuss the Michael Sam announcement that he made. Uh, Michael Sam is a graduating senior out of Missouri, the University of Missouri Tigers, and he made an announcement uh, last couple of days that has kind of, some people say it's monumental, that it's uh, earth-shattering, that it is uh, culture-changing. To me, it's not. It is news, but it is not that big of an issue. But we are going to address both of those topics. Hopefully we'll have a couple of people call in and discuss some of the things that uh, have been going on over the last few weeks. If not, I'll just do what I do, and that's run my mouth. Again, you're listening to the Motor Mouth Mosley Radio Show. I am your host, Tom Mosley, a.k.a. Motor Mouth. Let's talk about this Michael Sam situation. You've got a consensus, unanimous, first-team All-American defensive end out of Missouri, originally from the state of Texas. He comes out of Missouri this year. He has a great season. He leads the SEC, which is without a doubt the best conference some people say the best conference, second best conference in all of football outside of the NFL. And this guy, he leads the team in sacks. He has 11 and a half sacks. He has 19 tackles for losses this season. Has a great breakout year. Uh, he's now in the process of getting prepped for the combine and the NFL draft and trying to solidify his position in the draft. And he gets an interview with an ESPN uh, analyst, and he makes a statement that he announced to his team back in October 
that he is an openly gay football player, and he's applying for the NFL draft. Now, we've had players that have, uh, after their careers in the NFL, have admitted to being gay, and uh, how that played out wasn't really that big of a news because their careers were basically over with. And this isn't anything that's really new because it actually goes as far back as when Coach Vince Lombardi was coaching back in the 60s where he had you know, a player or two that was gay and he basically made the statement that if anybody gave him a hard time that they were on their way out the door. Just paraphrasing some of what Coach Vince said way back in the day, but um, stood up for his player and uh, the player had a great career uh, for a few years. So now we've got this player, Michael Sam, who to be drafted somewhere between third, fifth, you know, the middle rounds of the draft in April. And instead of talking about his measurables or his stats or uh, what team he fits into and what type of scheme, he comes out and he makes this statement and he announces himself as being uh, an openly gay male and that he is proud of who he is and he's comfortable who he is. And I commend him, absolutely I commend him, on having the courage to come out and do this before the draft because, unfortunately, there will be some teams, some owners, who might frown upon uh, a gentleman of his orientation uh, being all part of their franchise. So he, in some ways, he definitely has taken a risk because some teams will kind of, you know, they may not openly say it, but they will. Some teams will shy away from him and avoid him because, you know, there will be a atmosphere to go along with uh, signing a player uh, who has said what he has said. But I commend him because he took that chance, he made the statement no, and he basically laid his cards out on the table and – what I like about it more than anything else is that he admitted that he made this announcement to his team uh, back in August. They had a great season. He had a great season. wasn't any an issue. And I guess in the local Missouri area that there were some grumblings or rumblings going on that you know, there were suspicions and innuendos and gossip and rumors and all this stuff about him. So he basically came out and said, I'm going to tell you who I am. And I don't want anybody else to tell you my story. I'm going to tell my story, and this is who I am. Thumbs up, dude. Give you credit. He says, I'm an African-American football player, and I'm gay. Deal with it. So instead of talking about the fact that he's 6'2", 255, you know, led the, led the team in the conference in, in the sacks, you know, first team, unanimous All-American, the first, I believe, unanimous All-American for Missouri in 50-something years, you know, he was the second team all-freshman back in 2010. He was the SEC co-defensive MVP along with C.J. Mosley from Alabama. You know, instead of talking about his credentials over the last couple of days, all announcers have wanted to talk about on the major sports networks is what he is and what he does. Had some discussions with some friends, some teammates, uh, former college teammates of mine on Facebook, we've discussed this. And some guys, again, have said that, you know, this is, it took courage, which I agree, uh, but that is, you know, earth-shattering. You know, one guy said that uh, this compares to 
Jackie Robinson crossing the color barrier in Major League Baseball? Absolutely not. Don't compare. Some people have said, I uh, wanted to compare him to the basketball player who came out last summer, Jason Collins, who admitted that he was gay. The difference in the three of these players, okay, let's break it down. The difference in these three players, in my opinion, Jason Collins is a professional basketball player, yes. Is he a star? Absolutely not. Is he a major contributor? Has he had a stellar career? Absolutely not. Journeyman at best, bench warmer, 12th, 13th player in your team, hasn't been picked up, so his skills don't really – I, don't, I think his skills set more about his NBA career than his sexual orientation. Now, that, that's my comparison to Jason Collins. Now, comparing him to um, Jackie Robinson is about as foolish as, as can possibly be. Jackie Robinson crossed the color barrier from playing in the Negro Leagues, opened a floodgate of African-American uh, or Negro players at the time, into Major League Baseball. It changed Major League Baseball. It ruined uh, the Negro Leagues. Uh, it changed society. It uh, changed this country, basically. And, and in no way do I believe that Michael Sam's coming out of the closet and making his announcement in any way compares to what Jackie Robinson did. Would he have to take, go, go through some scrutiny? Will he have to be uh, ridiculed? Probably, you know, that things that happened on the gridiron, you know, 90% of America or football fans would, would cringe. So, yeah, there will be some stuff said. There will be some stuff done probably. Uh, but, you know, along with society, the NFL has to change also. And I believe that it has, and I believe that it will. Uh, what is also uh, going to help Mr. Sam is that throughout the last probably 10 or 15 years, the country's acceptance of an alternative lifestyle, as some people like to call it, has become more acceptable. Um, will... Uh, would this have had the same type of effect 30 years ago, 20 years ago? I think it would have been very different because uh, American society uh, wasn't quite as open and understanding. Now, with him making this announcement and coming into league, he almost has a shroud of protection around him because, for one, um, you can't just go up and, bla and, and say, you know, things to players and uh, that you could have gotten away with, you know, years ago because of YouTube, because of social media, because there's, you know, 45 cameras in every game. You can't go and say what you used to can say uh, and be protected. Now you say something like that, it will come out and you will be punished for it. So he will have a shroud of protection over him. Also the fact that uh, former NFL commissioner Paul Tagliabue has an openly gay homosexual son and current commissioner uh, Roger Goodell has an openly gay brother. So they will, there will be some sensitive, there will be some acceptance that probably wouldn't have taken place in the past, 
So I don't think that the road will be anywhere near compared to what Jackie Robinson had to go through, Robinson had to go through, but it will be, he will still be tried. He will still be questioned. There still will be media circus around it. But, you know, I commend the young man. He openly said who he is. He's proud of who he is. He's comfortable who he is. And he, more than anything else, more than anything else, what this situation really comes down to is can he produce as a football player? What does he do on the gridiron? When he goes to the combine, it's not who he sleeps with that's important. It's can he make plays. So I think that once he gets into a proper locker room, uh, a locker room with good leadership and good ownership, I absolutely do believe that he will have a stellar career uh, and will have every opportunity to perform on the field as any talented football player should. That's my take on the whole Michael Sam situation. If anybody wants to join in, I see I've got a couple of people in in chat. I want to thank you for listening uh, to the show. Got a couple of people in on the switchboard. Uh, got a message that nobody really wants to talk. They just want to listen. So, again, folks, you're listening to the Motormouth Mosley Radio Show. Also, don't forget you can listen live, as some people are doing right now. But shows are also archived on the Blog Talk Radio site at www.blogtalkradio forward slash Motormouth Mosley. And also, all episodes are available at no charge on iTunes as podcasts. You can load them directly down into your iTunes uh, app or onto your iPod or iPad or I, whatever you want to call it, uh, all episodes are available. Just want to thank you for taking the time to listen in to what I got to say when it comes to the world of sports. Like I said, on the whole, my, bottom, my, my last statement on this whole Michael Sam thing is, first of all, I really don't care what a person does in their bedroom as long as it's legal, as long as they're not bothering kids or animals or anything sick like that. But if what a grown person does in their bedroom is none of my business, and what I do in my bedroom is none of their business, the question is, can the guy play football? And if he can, let him do his thing. The other big topic that has been going on over the last couple of days in college basketball has been not you know the great seasons being had by teams like San Diego State and Syracuse, who are both you know, I think San Diego State has one loss, but they're undefe- and Syracuse is undefeated, and you've got the Wichita State Shockers who are undefeated. Instead of us talking about those types of things, we're busy talking about a situation that happened in Lubbock, Texas, a couple of days ago with a college basketball player, 19-year-old kid, who when he enrolled at Oklahoma State, you know, went in with a lot of hoopla, was a great high school ball player, a lot of fanfare. A lot of people thought that he would actually leave college and go pro after his first year. But he decided to stay and come back for another year. Oklahoma State picked to be in the Final Four preseason. They were supposed to be highly touted. Well, they've hit a rough patch. Lost a couple of games. They were playing at Texas Tech, and there was a play where uh, Marcus Smart, who was the player uh, to be named, uh, went to make a block on a guy going in for a a layup, a dunk, and stumbled into the crowd, the Texas Tech crowd. And as he was getting up, uh, depends what video you see and what you believe, according to him, he said 
that a fan used a racial epithet, a negative slur, the N-word, and yelled something at him. He immediately switched around and jumped up and gave the guy a two-handed push. Did he knock him into the next state? No, but he did physically put his hand on the guy and did push him. Now, the gentleman, a Mr. Jeffrey Orr out of Waco, Texas, who is, I believe, a 1983 Texas Tech grad and is a very fervent and emotional fan when it comes to Texas Tech hoops, uh, rejected the idea that he actually used the N-word. He admitted that he said that he called the young man a piece of crap, which is a whole other subject to begin with, but he called the young man a piece of crap. The young man thought, in his mind, said he heard that uh, he called him the N-word and was offended by it. So Marcus Smart gets suspended for three games. He gets you know, restrained by his teammates, gets pulled out of the game. Uh, all this, you know, blog goes out and everybody's jumping up and down. He gets suspended for three games. The Big Ten, Big 12 Conference has this big powwow and, you know, claims are made, statements are made, accusations are Some odd reason, you know, uh, a good quality video or audio of what actually took place doesn't happen. There was a video where someone took, and you could hear a voice which you calling out piece of crap to allegedly this ball player. No one hears the N word. So, there's no proof, there's accusations, there's denial. One side says they did, one side says they didn't. We don't know exactly what happened. But you it, but is the one who got out of hand. And instead of up like a man and taking it to uh, disappear. and expect them not to react to it. to shoot people. No, you don't have freedom of speech to you want whenever you want. And while some of these rowdy things, there's the Cameron crazies, Year old man, stand being a fan for your team, but you twenty year old. Review over some of the things that we've missed, and again, if you're just you're listening to the Motor Mouth Show, if you missed the show, most of it by now, uh, you can go back and catch it either on Blog Talk Radio or you can go to iTunes. Uh, Type in the Motormouth Mosley Radio Show, and you can listen to all 70-plus episodes and have some laughs, have some giggles, and have a good time. As I said, what we missed, well, we missed a great playoff game between San Francisco 49ers 
and the Seattle Seahawks. Again, uh, at the time, there was a big to-do over the Richard Sherman uh, post-game interview with a lot of emotion. Uh, folks blew that way out of proportion in my mind again. Richard Sherman is a arrogant, cocky, confident, uh, outgoing, intelligent, classy, talented football player. And in the heat of the moment, uh, after literally getting dismissed or disrespected by Michael Crabtree, um, said what he felt at the time. Don't have a problem with it. Uh, you you want to get the emotion of the game. You want to get the first reaction after a great play, and then you vilify the guy like he did something wrong. So you had a great NFC Championship game won by the Seattle Seahawks, and then you had a very disappointing, lackluster, unexciting Super Bowl uh, between the Denver Broncos and the Seattle Seahawks. All this big hype about Peyton Manning and this explosive Denver offense never, ever came into play. From the opening play of the game, which was a snap over Peyton Manning's head on a snap that he didn't expect to get it at that point in time, for a safety, which could have easily have been a touchdown, for a safety by the Seattle Seahawks, made the score 2 nothing, and that was about as close as the game was the rest of the day. Seattle just stifled the Denver offense. The... Seattle offense was very efficient. Uh, it was just a dominating performance, one of the most dominating performances in Super Bowl history. Yet, a little piece of history was made. You had your second African-American quarterback to start and win the Super Bowl, and that would be Russell Wilson for the Seahawks. He was the second to you know Doug Williams when he did it with the Washington Redskins, that is a piece of that is noted. I don't like to uh, jump all over things like that, but it does deserve to be noted. But to, to me, more importantly, you have Peyton Manning, who when he came uh, out of Tennessee was highly touted, you know, was going to be this great quarterback, which he absolutely is, playing against Russell Wilson, who skeptics were saying he's too short, he's only 5'11", can't play quarterback. Back in 20 years ago, 30 years ago, they would have made him a receiver or a defensive back. Herm Edwards, you know, those type of guys. Drew Pearson, you know, made him a quarterback, switched him from quarterback to another position. But no, had the opportunity to play quarterback, had success in college, not at one but two colleges. He was at North Carolina State, then transferred to Wisconsin, took them to the Rose Bowl, drafted by Seattle, had a great first year. Second year in the league takes his team not only to the NFC, to the conference championship, also takes his team to the Super Bowl, and he wins it. A guy who wasn't supposed to even get the opportunity to play. My hat goes off to him as a great football player. Um, Smith won the defensive MVP of the game, got to say I'm taking my family to Disneyland, uh, got his first top uh, football card, it was a Super Bowl. It wasn't a great Super Bowl. Nobody in their right mind 
will think it was a great Super Bowl. It was a great win for Sean Iman and Krista Yoshino, two of my friends who are huge Seattle Seahawks fans. They were Seattle Seahawks fans from the very beginning. They didn't hop on anybody's bandwagon. They didn't come on late. They have been fans all season. want to compliment them and congratulate them on a great Super Bowl win and a great NFL season. I would be remiss if I didn't bring up my beloved Dallas Cowboys because you can't have an episode of the Motormouth Mosley Radio Show without a little cowboy talk. And it was a very disappointing off season. I mean, a season. And so far, other than some coaching title changes, it has been a very disappointing off season so far. We are getting ready for the NFL draft in a couple of months. Have no idea where we're going to go. I hopefully will sure up our defense to seven. Maybe get a safety, hopefully, within the first or second round. I'd like to see us go after a, a running back, maybe in the third or fourth round. A good old Lake Seastrunk would also be nice. Um, had hoped for some coaching changes major. Didn't happen. So it is what it is. Coach Ron Marinelli will be running the defense. We don't have to worry about Lane Kiffin anymore. Uh, and his Tampa 2, which was a basically a Dallas dud. We don't have to worry about Bill Callahan's play calling. Jason... Garrett's game management, they bought in Linehan from Detroit. Hopefully things will get better. That's the bottom line. We just want things to get better. Folks, you've been listening to the Motormouth Mosley Radio Show. want to thank those who logged in and chat and those who called in and just listened in. want to thank you for listening live. Also want to thank you folks for listening in uh, on the archived episodes whenever you decide to listen. You've been listening to the Motormouth Radio Show. We will be having another show soon. Thank you again so very much. Have a great evening and aloha.